This podcast is a production of Journey, a church community inspiring people to live big. For more information, please visit cincyjourney.org. Good morning. My name is Joe Merrick. I'm the lead pastor here at Journey Church, and we are thrilled to have you with us here this morning. Uh, We are in week number two, week number two of a brand new series that we're doing uh, right now called One Small Step. And uh, the big idea of this series, what we're trying to make sure we get into our imaginations, into our minds, is that the greatest of journeys begins with a small step. Uh, That is never more true than in the life of faith. And part of that life of faith is sharing that faith with the people around us, with the family, with the friends that we have been given. And so the goal, the goal of this series is that we all learn some small steps that we could take to share Jesus with the people we know. We're not going to get too much further into uh, that talk just yet. I want to make sure we do a couple of things this morning. Number one, I want to make sure that you reach into the seat back in front of you, and there you're going to find a Connect card. That Connect card is a very valuable piece uh, for us as a church. It looks something like this. We we use these just uh, to know who is here. Uh, We use these as well to... um, uh, get prayer requests, decisions that you've made, things you can put on the back there. We want to make sure uh, that you take a moment to fill one of those out today. Uh, as you fill it out, um, you can hold on to it, and then when the uh, ushers come by at the end of our gathering, you can drop it in the offering bags, or you could drop it in some baskets as you kind of exit the main doors. Uh, A couple of quick announcements that we want to make sure we don't forget. Next week, uh, as I'm sure so many of you are aware, is Easter. Uh, We have several special things happening next week. There's going to be a a small breakfast prior, uh, so um, if you are, we want to make sure you plan accordingly for that. You're trying to get everybody ready in their Easter get-up. Uh, We want to make sure that we provide uh, some help there, so show up a few minutes early, enjoy some of that, and then also directly after um, our Easter gathering, we're going to have just a time of fellowship and fun in the gym. We'll have the inflatable set up. We'll have several games uh, going back there for the little ones and just a good time and a, a great addition to maybe an ask you can make to a family member, a friend, say, hey, come to our gathering, and then afterwards we're just going to have a good time together uh, with the inflatables and some games and stuff. If uh, you have signed up, or maybe you haven't signed up yet, but you would like to help with that, uh, a few of us are going to meet uh, just for maybe 10 minutes in the cafe uh, after our gathering and kind of divide up some assignments just so we have some idea uh, what's going on, and we're ready for that day and that event. Second thing that I want to share with the, you this morning is a little sadder. Uh, many of you may be aware, but uh, Herb Bunch went in for uh, surgery uh, this week, and there's been major complications, uh, and he is not doing well at all. 
Um, I, I spoke with uh, some family, texted with some family this morning, and they didn't think he would make it but a few hours today. Uh, that comes as quite a surprise to many of us because just last week he was sitting in that seat in the back there. I can still picture him there in my mind this morning. And so we wanted to take uh, a couple of minutes and uh, pray for Herb, uh, for Patty. Uh, the reports that I have heard is that Patty is, as you can imagine, beyond distraught, uh, uh, been married for so long, and then to have something kind of just quickly uh, deteriorate. Brian, did you have something? Just an update. He passed away about five Okay. Yeah. No, I... Thank you. Yes, absolutely. So, um, this morning, we just want to take a minute and uh, pray for the family, uh, and then um, pray for our gathering as well. So, maybe uh, join me in that prayer this morning. Lord, Herb uh, has been such a special part of this place. And so this morning, we want to just uh, begin by saying thank you. Thank you for his presence here. Thank you for his impact, Lord. So many people came to this place because Herb friendly and authentically invited them. There are so many children that have gone through our nursery that have been held by Herb and by Patty and loved. And God, we just want to say thank you for all of that. This morning it is uh, with heavy hearts that our attention turns to the family now dealing with this loss. And um, God, we just ask that your presence show up in a mighty, mighty way as they deal with the sadness, as they deal with the difficulty of this day and so many to come. Lord, we pray for them. God, we pray for our gathering this morning, for our time together, and we ask that, um, that you bless us. In your name we pray. Amen. Sometimes uh, we know that it can be difficult to communicate. It can be difficult to communicate uh, maybe to a friend, maybe to a coworker. It can be difficult to communicate even uh, to uh, uh, someone in our own family, especially. And then you throw in uh, another language and things get even harder. That's where the phrase, something got lost in translation, comes from. This week, I read about a man who wanted to test uh, one of the many kind of websites or apps that uh, you can use where you put in uh, something you want to say, and then a translation comes out the other side. He came up with a pretty good idea. I thought he put in something he knew. He put in the lyrics to take me out to the ball game, and then uh, he had it uh, translated to German, and then he had it translated back to English. All right, and we're going to see kind of what came out the other side. Now, um, I'm not going to do it. I really want to kind of 
uh, channel my best uh, Schwarzenegger um, uh, uh, German accent here, a bad German accent, but uh, I know he wasn't German, but you, you kind of get, you can kind of put that, um, put that image in your mind this morning because it'll, it'll be even funnier. All right. This is what came back when he put take me out to the ball game into the translation. Execute me to the ball play. Execute me with the masses. Buy me some certain ground nuts and some cracker stack fusig. I'm not interested if I never receive back. Let me root, root, root for the main team. If they do not win, it is dishonor. For there are one, two, three impacts on you at the old ball play. Now, a few things got lost in translation, right? I mean, it doesn't have quite the same ring, not even really the same meaning. One of the most basic jobs, one of the most basic jobs that Jesus gives us as his followers is to demonstrate accurately, uh, to accurately depict, to demonstrate who he is to the world around us. In other words, to translate his grace and his love and his mercy and his justice to the people in our lives. And yet, so many times, something gets lost in translation. Something gets confused. Their misconceptions come about. Here are just a few of the misconceptions about who God is. Some people think that God, what he wants to do is to ruin all the fun, to take all the fun out of life. Sometimes we make God and faith kind of like a genie in the bottle. Hey, you say the right prayer, you do the right thing, and everything is magically better. Or some others believe that God... If he is there, if he's up there somewhere, he's concerned with kind of like the big stuff of life, like keeping the planet turning on its axis. But when it comes to your life and my life, the details, well, maybe he's not so concerned with that. The list of misconceptions that, uh, that people have about who God is could go on and on and on. What I want to talk with you about today it is providing a better depiction, a better translation of who God is to the people in our lives. Because that's one of the things God calls his followers to do. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 20 says this, So we are Christ's ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. This morning, this morning I want to help us uh, draw the picture of who Jesus really is by, by concentrating on kind of three characteristics of who God is and, and, how, and, we, and how we can... Um, how we can depict those, translate those to the people in our lives. Three characteristics of God that people need to see and hear from us. First is this, God's goodness. God's goodness, his love 
for us. Let me share a story I read this week with you. After the Korean War, a a Korean woman had an affair with an American soldier. She got pregnant, and he went back to the United States, and she never saw him again. She gave birth to a little girl, and this little girl looked different than everybody else around her. And in that culture, in the uh, children of mixed race were ostracized and abandoned. And that's precisely what happened to her at seven years of age. She was left on the streets to fend for herself. The little girl was taunted by people that called her the ugliest word in the Korean language, Tuki, alien devil. And it didn't take long for this little girl to draw some conclusions about her life and her future based on what people said. For two years, she lived in the streets until she finally made it to an orphanage. One day, word came that a couple was coming and they were going to adopt a little baby boy. And everybody got excited because somebody was going to have a chance. Somebody was going to have a different life. Somebody was going to have hope, a family. And so this little girl spent the day getting all the little boys ready, uh, washing them, combing their hair, making sure they looked as best they could, all the time wondering which one it would be, which one would be the lucky one. The next day, the couple came, and this is what the girl recalled in her own words. It was like Goliath had come back to life. I saw this man with his huge hands lift up each and every baby, and I knew that he loved every one of them, as if they were his own. I saw tears running down his face and his wife's face, and I knew if they could, they would have taken every one of the children with them. And then she said, he saw me out of the corner of his eye. Listen to the description she gives of herself. Now let me tell you, I was nine years old, but I didn't weigh 30 pounds. I was scrawny, I had worms in my body, I had lice in my hair, I had boils on my skin, I had scars. I was not a pretty sight. But the man came over to me, and he began rattling away something in English, and I looked up at him, and then he took his huge hands, and he laid it on my face. What was he saying? He was saying, I want this child. This is the one for me. Jesus' goodness, his goodness is like this man's. Jesus looks beneath our ugliness. He looks beneath uh, the scars of our failures, and he sees the image of God on our souls. He says, you're the one I want. He says, you are for me. You are for me precisely when nobody else wants you. The first thing that you and I need to communicate to the people around us, to the people who don't yet know Jesus, what they need to see, what they need to hear from us is God's goodness. 
His love for us. That He looks beneath the sin and the failures, and He loves us. That He is our good, good Father. When we're trying to describe God's goodness to people, that picture of a parent is a good one. It's not perfect. Some people have had difficult upbringings and they have traumatic events with their parents. And so it's, it's hard for them to kind of imagine God as a good, good father. But for most, picture of parenthood is sacrificial love. The picture of parenthood is wanting what's best for the child. God's goodness, God's sacrificial love is like that parental goodness. Except for in every way that we fail, God is perfect. God isn't just an above average parent. His love isn't just above average. It's a thousand times the best of us. Romans chapter 8, verses 14 through 16 says this. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. So you have not received a spirit that makes you fearful of slaves. Instead, you received God's Spirit when He adopted you as His own children. So now we call Him Abba, Father. For His Spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are God's children. The very first thing people need to understand that they need to see about who God is. If we want to get the correct image, the correct picture of who God is into the people in our lives, we need to communicate, we need to demonstrate God's goodness, his love for us all. No matter where we are in life. Second thing that we need to communicate, that people need to see and hear from us is God's forgiveness. God's forgiveness. While God loves us right where we are with all our imperfections, with all our brokenness, that love doesn't come cheaply. It takes costly forgiveness, a price he gladly pays for you and for me. That day that this man and the wife came to adopt a child from Korea, when the man held the frail, scared, scarred, nine-year-old little girl in his hands. The story didn't simply end there. It takes a bit of a twist. The girl was not used to kindness or affection. She didn't know what to do. She knew it felt good, but uh, she was afraid. She, she didn't know how to respond, and so she uh, uh, went to kind of some, some defense mechanisms, and she spat in his face and ran away. Can you imagine? Here's someone so good, so loving. They're looking beyond every flaw, and they're still saying, I choose and what they get in return is spit in the face and run away from. Understanding the, the trauma and the turmoil that this little girl had endured throughout her life, the man and the wife, they didn't give up quite so easily. They kept showing up. 
day after day, they kept gaining her trust. Kept demonstrating their love until they were able to take her home. They got her the medical attention she needed. They named her Stephanie, and they loved her as their own. When we step back from that story, when we step back from the story, we wonder, how could this little girl so be, be so hard and be so foolish to spit on her first chance at love and belonging? What were options to continue on in the orphanage with the worms and the lice? Jesus' forgiveness. Jesus' forgiveness works like these adopting parents. Despite our rejections, despite uh, uh, spitting on the fact uh, of God's goodness and his love for us, he keeps showing up day after day. He keeps showing up saying, I choose you. Even when you don't choose me, I choose you. He keeps demonstrating his love and his goodness and extending his forgiveness to us. And that's what so many people in our life who don't have the correct image of who God is, what they need to understand. They need to understand that God doesn't give up on them. God doesn't give up. His love doesn't go away. 1 John 1 9 says this, but if we confess our sins to him, he is faithful and just to forgive our sins, to cleanse us from all wickedness. I love that verse. I love what it says about forgiveness, but I also love what it doesn't say. It doesn't say once you're forgiven, once you've cleaned up your act, Once you've gotten most of the uh, kinks worked out, then God will forgive you. It doesn't say, hey, this offer of forgiveness is a one-day sale. Act now or it's gone forever. In fact, we have very little to do with this verse at all. God is the one who acts. God is the one who initiates. God is the one who extends grace and forgiveness to us. All we have to do is accept. There are people around you and me that need to understand that. There are people around us that need to understand that God's forgiveness is there for them. That he keeps showing up. He keeps uh, extending his grace. He keeps saying, I choose you. There are people around us who need to know that God's forgiveness is extended even today. Third thing that people need to know about who God is, to have the correct picture of him is that God has transformative power. He has transformative power. People need to understand uh, that Jesus is good and he is forgiving, but he doesn't exist 
to make life just as it was before things got crazy. He doesn't exist to make life, hey, just a little bit better than it was before to bring things back to some kind of normal that we knew. Author C.S. Lewis once famously said, I believe in Christianity as I believe that the sun has risen, not only because I see it, but because by it I see everything else. When God gets a hold of your heart, he doesn't want just kind of a, a slice, a religious slice of your life. He wants to be in control of the whole thing. He wants to direct everything. Romans chapter 12, verse 2 says this, don't copy the behavior, the customs of this world. Don't keep doing what you've already done, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Stephanie, our little girl from Korea, on the day that she left that orphanage and uh, she was in the hands of her new parents, everything for her was new. Everything for her was new. New feelings, new country, new parents, new hopes, new dreams. God's transformative power. God's transformative power gives us all of that and more. The people in our lives that don't yet know Jesus, they need to know that God wants to transform their lives to change it. They want to know how God has transformed yours. The Bible says we should be ready to tell them. 1 Peter 3.15 says this, always be ready to go and explain the hope you have from God. Always be ready. Today has been all about demonstrating and, and translating who God is to the people around us. I picked these three characteristics, three characteristics that I think are essential to having kind of at least an initial uh, good picture of who God is. We don't want people to have the wrong picture of who God is. So I focused on God's goodness, his forgiveness, and his transformative power. Maybe for you this morning, there's another characteristic. That's certainly not all the characteristics of who God is, but as we kind of trans, uh, as we move to what are we going to do with this that we have learned today? This morning, maybe you can think of another characteristic or two. Spend some time this week thinking, okay. If this is important, if this is an important characteristic of who God is, if I see that, if it's an important characteristic of who I understand God to be, how can I then communicate that and demonstrate it to the people in my life? How can I communicate and demonstrate who God is, who he really is, to the people who are around me? Second thing that... Uh, we could do, second action we could take this week is to, um, 
to open up our programs and to open up this uh, invitation that we have to Easter next week. Easter is a time where people are more likely to say yes to an invitation than they might be at any other point in the year. This morning, are there some names, are there some faces that you can imagine sending that to, extending that Easter invitation? Third thing we could do this day with what we have learned. As we think about those characteristics of God's goodness, of his faith, or of his forgiveness, of his transformational power, what's some way I, you, could demonstrate those characteristics to the people in our life? Things without words. What are some ways that we could live differently to show people God's forgiveness, to show people God's goodness and love, to show the transformative power he's had in us. Can you think of a couple of ways that maybe could change how you acted this week? The fourth thing that I think we could do to bring action to these words is to pick maybe a different uh, characteristic of who God is. God's goodness, His faithfulness, His transformative power. And spend some time this week thinking, okay, if I was to lunch with somebody and we uh, started talking about who God is and they don't know anything about the Bible, they don't know anything about uh, who God is, they maybe even have some of these uh, wrong images of who God is in their minds, what are some ways that I could describe God's goodness? What are some ways that I could talk about God's forgiveness? What are some ways, God, I could talk about God's transformative power in my life, in the world around us? Because like it says in 1 Peter 3.15, we need to be ready to give an answer for the hope we have in God. So this week, could you spend some time just wrestling with that question? I gave you one example, the story of this woman. There are many, many other ways you could describe who God is, the characteristics of who he is. Let me pray for us, and then uh, Daniel is going to come and, um, and play a final song. As we, as we pray this morning, I just want to encourage you to maybe uh, reach into your program and to just hold one of these Easter invites in your hand today. Uh, we, I know that already, already 50 or so of these Easter invites have gone out. I know many of you have um, been filling them out, extending them to family and friends. We just want to take a moment and pray for these. We want to pray God's blessing over them and that he works in the lives of those they are extended to. God, for these last two weeks, we have been talking. We've been talking about how we can do a better job of describing, translating, 
of depicting who you are, how we can do a better job of extending your grace and love that you have so lavishly given to us, to the people in our life. In short, God, how we can do a better job sharing you with others. God, we just confess. So many times we are not very good at this. So many times we get scared, we get nervous, we get embarrassed, we we don't know what to say, and so we just stop and we don't do anything. And what this last two weeks has been about is what are some small steps? What are some small steps we could take in the direction of sharing you with the people in our lives? This morning, a small step is right here in our hands. This Easter invite, God. Small steps have been sent out all this week, Lord, and last week. Inviting people to come and to hear about the most powerful, wondrous story we have. The story of your crucifixion, the story of your resurrection. It's a story that brings us hope and guidance. It's a story that changed our lives. God, we hope that you stir and move. And the people who receive these cards, God, we hope that you stir and move in our hearts, that minds and faces come to us, and that we're courageous enough to extend an invitation God, we trust that you will do the rest. In your wonderful and powerful name we pray. Amen.